Hello and welcome to My Soul Delights with Eileen O'Driscoll and Joyce and Joy. My Soul Delights is a program of faith in which we explore various faith topics and also include some intermittent short reflective features for your own quiet time and prayer. In My Soul Delights we are exploring the beauty of our Christian faith and the way in which God's love reaches out to each one of us in a deep and personal way to restore our hearts and to renew this world. In this episode of My Soul Delights, we are going to share with you on the Miraculous Medal. The Miraculous Medal was originally known as the Medal of the Immaculate Conception, but within a short time of its distribution, it very quickly became kind the Miraculous Medal due to the amount of miracles that were being attributed to it. And of course, attributed to this lovely medal are many graces and protection that Our Lady has promised to us. So just before we share with you on the Miraculous Medal, we invite you to join us in prayer and we will share with you a short reflection. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. And St. Catherine Liburi. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So the reflection I will share with you is centered around our Blessed Mother Mary. Our Blessed Mother Mary is not only the mother of the person of Christ, and therefore the mother of God, but she is also the mother of the church, that is, the mother of all the faithful. The Blessed Virgin Mary is your mother, and as your mother, she is truly tender, compassionate, caring, and merciful, bestowing upon you everything that a perfect mother desires to bestow. She is the fiercest of mothers who will stop at nothing to protect her children. She is a mother wholly devoted to you, her dear child. As she stood by her son in his hour of suffering and death, Jesus turned to her and entrusted the Apostle John to her maternal care. From the early church fathers until the most recent teachings of the church today, this act of entrusting John to Mary and Mary to John by Jesus has been understood as an entrustment of all the faithful to the maternal care of Mother Mary. Mother Mary is therefore not only the mother of the Redeemer, Christ himself, she also becomes the mother of all the redeemed, the mother of us all, and the mother of the Church. Consider the spiritual mother you have in heaven. A mother is one who gives life. Your mother in heaven is entrusted with the task of bestowing upon you the new life of grace won by the cross. And as your mother, she will not withhold anything from you that is to your benefit. 
Reflect today upon Mother Mary standing by you in every moment of your life. See her there in your joys and in your sorrows, during your moments of temptation and struggles, in your moments of confusion and clarity. See her there by your side, bestowing every good spiritual gift upon you when you need it the most. She is a true mother and she is worthy of your love and gratitude. So, um, following that reflection, which uh, prepares us for sharing more on the Miraculous Medal, and again, following on from our understanding that Mary is such a generous mother that never withholds anything that is to our benefit, anything that is good for us, we look forward to sharing with you this beautiful story of the Miraculous Medal. Uh, so, Jai, I will pass over you just to introduce and get us started. Sure. Thank you, Eileen, and thanks to all our listeners, to each one of you for tuning in and for your prayerful support and also for your listenership as always. And that's a beautiful theme to reflect on in this episode. Uh, it came in a very particular time that uh, there is a lot of uh, hope and healing needed. And uh, what other best way than to seek the intercession of our Blessed Mother, who is our mother naturally because she is mother of Jesus. We are united in the spiritual body of Christ. And also in Calvary, Jesus said, Behold the mother and behold thy son. So there is the spiritual uh, handover that happened that took place. Uh, Jesus surrendered mankind to Blessed Mother's Immaculate Heart. And from there on, even before that, when, when Archangel Gabriel came, uh, our Blessed Mother said, yes, for God's plan. If so, that's going to bring the Savior to this world, then yes, for God's plan to collaborate with the Holy Spirit from there on all the way, be it Cana, the wedding feast at Cana, or all the way from there on the Pentecost, birth of the church, and all of that, our Blessed Mother is constantly interceding and seeking that good for mankind, her children. And uh, we all are united uh, through Jesus, you know. So today, it will be a great blessing to reflect on this wonderful uh, and miraculous medal of the Immaculate Conception and uh, to reflect and reassure all those promises and uh, many graces that our Blessed Mother promised to St. Catherine Liguori. And uh, we'll see that in detail in this episode. Over to you, Eileen. Thank you, Joy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just following on from what you said there as well, yeah, maybe just to begin as well by saying that uh, the Miraculous Medal is considered a sacramental. And within uh, the Catholic faith, we have many sacramentals, uh, such as holy water, even blessing ourselves um, with the sign of the cross, uh, rosary bead, blessed candles. And the Miraculous Medal also comes under this category as well. And a sacramental is anything that prepares us, prepares our heart, opens our heart and disposes us uh, to receiving God's grace and also reminds us of God's imminent presence with us as well. And especially in this case where we see our Blessed Mother herself gave this revelation of the Miraculous Medal. Uh, so I would just like to begin by sharing with you a little about the saint who was so blessed to receive this revelation from Our Lady a young woman called St. Catherine Liguori, who was born in France in 1806. 
And from a young age, she had actually developed a very deep relationship with her lady. She had lost her own mother at a young age. And there is a story recounting how one day when St. Catherine was visiting her local church, uh, she stood up by the statue of Our Lady and embraced her and invoked her as her mother, her spiritual mother, to guide her throughout the rest of her life. And we see uh, amazingly how this did happen and how God's providence uh, was really at every corner of her life as well going forward. Uh, so this deep relationship with Our Lady and the growth of her spiritual life uh, led Catherine to discern that she felt called to religious life. And uh, she eventually discerned that she would become a religious sister with the Daughters of Charity. And she joined the Daughters of Charity in January 1830 as um, a young novice as well. And it was from here her relationship with Mary began to grow and also her devotion to St. Vincent de Paul. And I think Joy will probably share with us as well afterwards uh, what the amazing connection is there as well, another sign of God's providence. Uh, but it's incredible to see how this grows and how uh, St. Catherine Aburi, her her desires are fulfilled uh, through Mary's revelation to her. So I would just like to share with you the first apparition that St. Catherine Aburi uh, had of Our Lady. And uh, on the eve of the 18th of July, 1830, uh, bearing in mind that Catherine was uh, young, she was only in her 20s and uh, still in training as a religious sister. And on this evening, uh, July evening in 1830, at midnight, uh, she was woken out of her sleep, which she later thinks must have been her guardian angel. And she was uh, inspired to go down towards the convent chapel. And the convent chapel was illuminated. And this was during the middle of the night when there would have been no light. And uh, the rest of the sisters were asleep. But she noticed uh, coming from the chapel, there was uh, this radiant light. And as she went into the chapel, she saw a lady sitting there on the chair by the altar. And what happened next was really beautiful and I think really frames uh, this whole story of the medal because it says then that St. Catherine Labori proceeded uh, to go forward to Our Lady and Our Lady invited her to kneel at her lap. And there uh, St. Catherine stayed for about two hours, it said, uh, where her and Our Lady had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. And later, St. Catherine said that this was one of the sweetest moments of her life. And we can only imagine what it must have been like uh, witnessing that uh, physical presence of Mary, being able to have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with her, uh, which I think is so important and is uh, miraculous in itself uh, that she was so blessed to uh, have this experience but I think it's not unique to St. Catherine. She was called in that particular way. But I think within the story, we also see what Our Lady actually desires for all her children. Uh, the possibility of this heart-to-heart -heart conversation and that she goes to many links and means to be able to provide for this, to, to draw us out of ourselves, to draw us closer to God 
and also to inspire within us uh, the possibility of this relationship with God, that it's it's not something that ever remains surface level. It's actually something God desires to go deeper, as close as what we can be with an intimate friend, but it's so much closer even with God, uh, that he wants to reaffirm us that he is a real living presence in our lives. And our Blessed Mother really conveys this in this beautiful scene and if you look up the chapel in Rue de Bac in Paris, uh, where this happened in the convent where uh, St. Catherine de Bury was staying, you will see the image, um, a statue behind the altar that has a beautiful statue of Our Lady. And then above it, you will also see an image of St. Catherine de Bury kneeling before Our Lady as well, as they imagine the scene unfolded. It wasn't actually in this first apparition that Mary revealed to her the miraculous medal, but it was in a subsequent one. But she affirmed St. Catherine that God had a plan for her, which was to be revealed. So then it was on uh, November the 27th, 1830, when uh, St. Catherine Lubury had the second apparition of Our Lady again in the convent chapel. But this time, Our Lady appeared as though she was standing on a globe and there was rays of light emanating from her hands. And uh, she also had the crown of 12 stars around her head. And she also showed St. Catherine an image of what she desired to have the medal struck like on both sides of the medal, which we will look at um, a little further in a moment. Um, but in this beautiful image, uh, St. Catherine recalls the, the rays of light uh, representing all the graces that our Blessed Mother decides, uh, desires to bestow upon her children. And she told St. Catherine very clearly to have a medal struck according uh, to this image or upon this model that I show you. And she said, those who will wear it will receive great graces, especially if they wear it around their neck. And I think uh, that's a very practical um, instruction that Our Lady gives to St. Catherine about wearing it around her neck. And maybe in some ways uh, we could say that one of the reasons is uh, when we wear the medal around her neck, it's always close to her heart where Our Lady desires to be first and foremost. And also we are invoking her protection daily and the graces that she desires to give us. We'll see how that unfolds as well afterwards. Um, but just before that, I would like to pass over to you, Jai. Thank you, Eileen. That's a very informative and uh, very inspiring journey there so far with St. Catherine Labore. And uh, it's amazing how the time in which uh, this happened gave a big hope for France in, in totality because the, the globe when, when Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary, standing on half globe, and she was holding another globe in her hands with the word France. Uh, so the globe represented the whole world, especially France, because the year 1830 marked the outbreak of a series of tragic wars in Europe, and France was the most affected um, at that point in time. So we see then how this brought a great hope for people in France and also for the whole world because the, the the known world at that point in time was very much connected with Europe in a in a different setting 
than what we see today. Uh, it, it's like we can visualize at that point in time how the world would have functioned and the trade and things. And the war uh, is, is always a is a is a painful thing, and it's not from God. So we see how then Blessed Mother comes in time to alert and to heal and to give that gentle alert to people that not to worry, not to be fearful of, but God knows. And we see here then what happened. The dazzling streams of light flowed from her hands from rings made of precious stones and gems symbolizing the graces she obtains for those who ask for them. Some of the stones which did not emanate rays symbolizes graces that are not asked for. In another vision, Our Lady was standing on a globe with her arms outstretched and dazzling rays of light streaming from her fingers. Around the figure was an inscription, O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. And that's the famous caption we see. So to ponder then about the actual uh, image of the medal itself that uh, Our Lady outlined there to St. Catherine, the front side of the medal uh, our Blessed Mother stands upon the globe as the Queen of Heaven and Earth, crushing the head of serpent Satan beneath her feet. And on the reverse side of the medal, the cross symbolizes Christ and our redemption. With the bar under the cross, a sign of Earth, the M stands for Mary. And then our Blessed Mother's role as Mediatrix as well. And the interviewing of her initial and the cross shows Mary's close involvement with Jesus and the world. In this we see then our Blessed Mother's part in our salvation and her role as Mother of the Church. Below are two hearts with flames arising from them. Thorns encircle one heart and a sword pierces the other. These are the hearts of Jesus and Mary. They represent their love for us. The twelve stars refer to the apostles representing the entire church around the world. Giving the design of the medal to Catherine, our Blessed Mother said, Have a medal struck upon this model. Those who wear it will receive great graces. And that's as Eileen pointed there earlier on during her reflection. Finally then, with the approval of the church, the first medals were made in 1832 and were distributed in Paris. The devotion spread like wildfire. Marvels of grace and health, peace and prosperity followed in its wake. Before long, People were calling it the Miraculous Medal. In 1836, a canonical inquiry undertaken at Paris declared the apparitions to be genuine. This paved the way for the great events at Lourdes later on. St. Bernadette was wearing the Miraculous Medal when Our Lady appeared to her. The medal is simply a visible sign of the inner devotion the user has to Mary and her son Jesus. With the help and influence of Miraculous Medal, the dogma of Immaculate Conception was proclaimed by Blessed Pius IX 24 years later in 1854. And that's some additional inputs there to, to uh, appreciate uh, the theme this, uh, in this episode that we are discussing and the beauty on the promises and graces that our Blessed Mother promised and fulfilled through this miraculous medal. Over to you, Eileen. Lovely. Thank you, Joy, for that. Yeah, absolutely. And especially the description there of the images on the medal as well. Even uh, just through sharing the medal with someone, uh, there's so much even of our faith, the truths of our faith that we can explain through the medal. 
the relationship between our Blessed Mother and Christ and Christ's uh, salvation for humanity and our Blessed Mother's role as mediatrix of graces that come from the source of grace himself, which is Christ, and her own Immaculate Conception, uh, which is incredible, I think, how all those threads interlink as well, explaining uh, Mary's own grace, that she was full of grace herself. And even when we look at the image of the Miraculous Medal and Our Lady with her hands outstretched and grace is flowing through them, um, it's a sign that Mary herself is is in scripture, Mary being full of grace and that God was truly with her. Uh, anywhere Mary comes, Christ is also present. Uh, this is one of the great truths of our faith as well, because Christ is the source of all grace. And it was through the grace of Christ that Mary herself uh, was redeemed. She was chosen to be the mother of God. And in this way, uh, God shows uh, for her immaculate conception so that she may be a worthy mother to bring forth uh, Christ himself into the world, uh, which is incredible. And the unity between Mary and Christ, which is also shown on the miraculous medal through the inscription of the two hearts, we see the heart of Jesus and the heart of Mary. And this is also a beautiful way to show how they work together and that Mary is always trying to lead her children to Christ, the source of all grace, the source of all good, the source of all life and the source of all light as well. So it's a great uh, little instrument for understanding our faith through uh, these images and inscriptions that are on the medal, um, but also the fact that Mary desired that the medal Remind us of the graces and protection she desires to bestow on us from her son, and in turn, through those graces, to draw us closer to God. Uh, so it's really um, incredible and it's worth reflecting on, even when we venerate our medal, um, keeping it close to us when we hold it in our hand, that we realize how close we are to, to Jesus and his Blessed Mother Mary as well. And uh, maybe just to connect uh, those different things as well. I had mentioned earlier how St. Catherine of Bury had a close devotion to St. Vincent de Paul as well. And just mentioning Providence and then I'd like to follow on from that as well. But one of the thoughts that also struck me was that before St. Catherine of Bury received uh, this apparition of her Blessed Mother and before the revelation of the Miraculous Medal, she had been praying uh, to St. Vincent de Paul on the eve of his feast day was when she experienced the first apparition of Our Lady. And prior to that, it is said as well that the, the revelation of the saint's heart was revealed to St. Catherine as well, that she saw it while praying to him, um, which is also incredible. And then, of course, afterwards, then she is blessed with this uh, beautiful revelation from Our Lady so it's just very interesting to see how the threads interweave and the very uh, congregation that St. Catherine joined, of course, the Daughters of Charity, were founded by St. Vincent de Paul. And uh, she earlier, before she joined uh, that congregation, she had a dream one night of a priest saying Mass and she did not know who the priest was. 
But later when she visited the Daughters of Charity, I think it was maybe visiting one of their hospices or hospitals, uh, she saw a painting of a man on a wall and recognised him immediately and asked who was he. Uh, she recognised him from her dream and the sisters revealed to her that he is our founder, St. Vincent de Paul. So uh, there's incredible moments of God's providence in her life, which... Uh, you know, help her, I guess, to have that clarity that uh, God is guiding her. And as Joy described, um, it was 1832 before the medals became distributed because a commission of inquiry had to be set up. Uh, St. Catherine Nuburi's, uh herself and upon her lady's request, but I think also through her own innate desire, wished to remain anonymous and to her own humility, uh, did not uh, desire any fame or popularity but wished to remain anonymous. So for um, up until about the end of her life, in fact, no one knew which sister it was in the Daughters of Charity that had received this revelation of the Miraculous Medal. It was just her own spiritual director that knew it was St. Catherine Nuburi, and he instigated the Commission of Inquiry, and then it was later approved by the Archbishop of Paris as well. But uh, after that, uh, no one knew that it was St. Catherine. I think she only revealed it to her mother superior at the moment of her own death as well, or just before, not long before she died, she told her mother superior that she was the sister who received this uh, revelation of the medal. Um, but its popularity grew immensely. Millions of medals were distributed throughout France, throughout the rest of the world, it really uh, struck people's hearts and I think this is another grace of the medal is its impact upon the human heart that our Blessed Mother goes direct and she she knows that the truth which Christ has prepared is primed already for each and every human heart. Uh, this is the desire of Christ and our Blessed Mother can come in this gentle way uh, but which can have such a powerful effect and transforming effect on the heart. And a very uh, well-known example of this is a well-known miracle attributed to the Miraculous Medal. A young man known as Alphonse Ratisbon, uh, who lived at that time, the same time around uh, St. Catherine Nuburi, and he was a French man of uh, Jewish descent and uh, later had become somewhat atheist or had lost faith in God uh, due to different circumstances in his life. Uh, but his own brother had actually converted to Catholicism and had become a priest. And this had apparently uh, really angered Alphonse and it increased his antagonism towards the church and was rather very much wanting to be distanced uh, from his brother and from the new faith that his brother had accepted and there was a journey he took to Rome and he met um, a friend of his whom he hadn't met in a long time and this friend uh, had also converted to Catholicism and the friend had invited Alphonse to wear a miraculous medal he gave him one as a gift and after some I suppose apprehension Alphonse, just to uh, just to make his friend happy, I suppose, agreed to wear the miraculous medal for some time. And so, after some time of traveling around Rome, he came across a church there. And while he was in this church, he went over to one of the side chapels, 
And while he was there, he experienced an apparition of Our Lady. Our Lady appeared to him just as she um, appears on the miraculous medal Our Lady of Graces, uh, with grace emanating from her hands. And this absolutely struck Alphonse Ratisbon. And it said that in that moment, he experienced a complete conversion. And another incredible fact is that all the knowledge of the faith, the truth of the faith, was somewhat infused in him in that moment. Uh, this great knowledge of the faith uh, he received also in that moment. And he converted and also became a Jesuit priest himself, like his brother, after that as well. The rest of his life he gave to the service of God, sharing the faith. Um, so it's an incredible miracle and it just shows again, uh, just like the reflection uh, spoke of at the beginning, is that Our Lady will never stop at anything to help us, to provide for us uh, and mostly to see after the salvation of our souls as well. And uh, I think it's a, it's a great testimony that she, she never withholds anything that is to her benefit. Um, but it became a very popular story. And uh, later, of course, Maximilian Kolbe, who was another great saint, say Maximilian Kolbe, was from Poland. And he himself was so inspired by this story that uh, he wore a miraculous medal as well. Um, but just before I come to that, because I would like to share with you uh, stories of other saints and how they were so inspired by the miraculous medal, I will pass over to you first, Joy. Sure, thank you. That's uh, that's a massive amount of detail there with a lot of connections and how one saint inspired the other. And um, it's amazing how uh, the Jewish convert, when he experienced this encounter with Our Lady uh, and what happened to him later on, is, is an amazing testimony of faith. And we see then that encounter um, of Radisborn with Our Lady you know, he, he later on, he moved to the Holy Land with his brother Theodore and founded a congregation of sisters. And that's the congregation of Our Lady of Zion. And their main vocation is to pray for the conversion of uh, Jewish brothers and sisters. And however, later on, that image of uh, Blessed Mother, as she appeared to uh, Radisbon, was painted a few months after the apparition and then hung above the altar in the church where Radisbon saw her. Later on, another great devotee of our Blessed Mother and the Miraculous Medal, St. Maximilian Kolbe, celebrated his first Mass, Holy Mass, in the same church in Rome before the same painting. Apparently, in January of 1917, while he was still a seminarian in Rome, Kolbe had heard a talk on the conversion of Ratisbon. He continued to meditate on our Blessed Mother's intercession for this non-believer for nine months. So that's what we see then again as in Maximilian Kolbe, he went on to uh, give a lot of details and insights about our Blessed Mother's devotion and uh, our own devotion to our Blessed Mother and through her then to Jesus as well. So we see how one inspired the other, but this was nicely captured by Father Michael Gately in his book, 33 Days to Morning Glory. And finally, you know, even uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe highlighted that, you know, even though a person, it, it, be it any person, you know, uh, irrespective of their stage and level uh, of faith in life, uh, if only 
he or she agrees to wear the medal, give it to them and then pray for them. And at the proper moment, try to bring him closer to his Immaculate Mother so that he or she will have recourse to her in all difficulties. So wearing the Miraculous Medal finally then is a discreet, simple and effective way to express one's devotion and consecration to our Blessed Mother and ultimately through her to God. And it disposes us to receive God's grace through her powerful intercession. And that's uh, some nice words and reflection by Father Michael Gately in his book. I will pass you pass back to you, Eileen, and then I will come back again with another connection and a reflection there. Great. Thank you, Joy. Yes, there is so much actually to the story <laughs> of the Miraculous Medal. Um, yes. It's one of those things, the more you explore, the, the more information you find. And I have found it definitely increases one's love for the Miraculous Medal and just appreciation for this uh, great gift that Our Lady has given us, this tangible one as well, you know, that we, we can see it, we can recognize it. And it's a reminder of their presence with us, uh, that heaven is very close to us. That is a reality, a truth of our faith as well. And that each of us are called in unique ways as we see through the saints, like you mentioned, St. Maximilian Colby there as well, Joy. And uh, St. Maximilian Colby had devoted his whole life uh, to Mary and for evangelization works and drawing people closer to Christ. This was his life's mission. And he'd also founded an, a group called the Knights of the Immaculata, again, which uh, had this as their purpose, evangelization as well. And one of the conditions, actually, of uh, joining these Knights of the Immaculata was at first day, um, making a consecration to her Blessed Mother and also wearing the medal. Um, so, again, it just shows the high esteem that he held this medal in. Uh, he even referred to it as a heavenly weapon. And, of course, if you would like to, I definitely would recommend looking up the life of St. Maximilian Kolbe because definitely just emphasizes his heroic level of courage and uh, selflessness and just how Our Lady inspired him in that as well. But another saint who was very inspired by the Miraculous Medal was St. Teresa of Calcutta, also known as Mother Teresa. And, of course, we've uh, mentioned about her as well in uh, previous podcasts but um saint Teresa of calcutta it said used to bring a handful of medals with her whenever she was going out to serve the poor and she would distribute the medals to those whom she met and she encouraged the person that she met uh, when she gave them the medal that whenever they are in need or at any moment uh, to pray this prayer O mary mother of jesus please be a mother to me now and she would encourage them to pray that prayer. Again, a lovely testimony of a saint who was inspired by the medal and inviting Mary into every situation as well. And also, I suppose, coming um, to that point as well, is that anytime we do share a miraculous medal with someone, we can be reassured that it's not just us and the other person. There's not just two people there, but there is three. Our Blessed Mother is also present. And as you share there, Jai, um, the lovely quote from Father Michael Gately, Our Lady knows in her own way what are the needs of that person's heart, what they're experiencing in that moment of their life. 
and she knows best as a mother. She only ever comes with this motherly love out of goodness and uh, grace and protection. And we can trust that in her time, even if we don't see it ourselves, uh, what she will work within that person's life uh, that's for the good of their soul. It's it's really uh, amazing, I suppose. The more trust we have, the more God can do. And uh, just finally, I would also like to share um, in relation to St. Catherine Liguri, at the end of her life, uh, she died in the year 1876. But amazingly, after that, it was found that her body was in the state of perfect preservation. And I thought this was beautiful because, of course, her, her life was uh, dedicated to Mary and to Jesus and a desire to live a life of grace. But it was through their grace that this was made possible. You know, her the way her soul bloomed and blossomed um, in this company. And I just think, again, it emphasizes the, the power of their intercession, the closer we are to them, uh, the more our soul can bloom. And again, just points out that if we really want to preserve the body, the soul matters very much. Um, so, uh, Joy, I'll hand over to you. Sure. Thank you. Very profound words there, Eileen. Thank you so much for sharing those beautiful words and uh, a nice reflective piece as well uh, to ponder even later on uh, when we listen back as well. And uh, as you highlighted there about the distribution of the Miraculous Medal and especially uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta and her mission team, you know, it's amazing how we see then in Father Michael Gately's book, he has highlighted that, you know, it seems approximately 1.8 million medals per year are being distributed by the missionaries of charity. Just 1.8 million medals mm -hmm. per year, just just by that group alone the missionaries of charity alone so we can imagine then how about the legion of mary and mm -hmm. other apostolates and the daughters of charity and the whole lot together then that's a lot so saint maximilian colby was right in saying you know it's a heavenly weapon here and uh, no one wants to waste it so they that's being distributed reproduced and again being distributed to the whole world and uh, coming back to the uh, coming back to the connection again here, the beauty and uh, the timing in which this medal came, and it just didn't come for Saint Catherine alone, or it didn't end up with Saint Catherine Laboris devotion, or just there alone, but it went beyond that. So there is a bigger plan here. So I'd like to highlight that as well from my side, uh, and the whole area of the Immaculate Conception as well. So this is, a, this is a reflective piece from a book called Pilgrims with Mary by Father John Maloney. The definition of the Immaculate Conception of Our Blessed Lady in 1854 was like a great light in a dark age. It was preceded by her appearance at Rudebach in Paris in 1830, Heaven's Preparation, and followed by Lourdes in 1858, Heaven's Approval. So different, yet so alike where both her visits, a convent chapel in the center of a great city and a mountain cave in an obscure village. Yet so much in common, an entrancing beauty shown to human eyes, the intimacy of many conversations. The main theme of the message, as in Lourdes, was a mother saddened by her children's sin, pleading for their return. So then we saw what happened to St. Catherine Libori. The conversation went on and uh, Father John Maloney, he highlighted that those conversations went on for nearly two hours. And that's like a first class audience there, you know, two hours uh, every visit. 
and then uh, what happened then the reflection then is what was the purpose of our coming in both cases be it uh, with saint catherine or be it with saint bernadette what was the purpose of our coming to tell a sinful world of a mother's sadness and to plead with men and men and women to return to the lord as moses written with god's loving design the tablets of the law cut in stone catherine brought her message to the world imprinted on a medal what a concise summary of salvation that medal presents the heart of jesus surmounted by a cross the heart of mary pierced by a sword because of her freedom from sin her martyrdom of heart was pleasing to god because of that sinlessness the power of her intercession knows no bounds so standing not at a distance from the world but resting on it she preached a message full of comfort and hope o mary conceived without sin pray for us who have recourse to thee so simple a prayer but it keeps winning an abundance of graces as eileen pointed out there uh, regarding the body and the soul and what's more important and how that leads and here our blessed mother is giving us a promise through this prayer that she is helping us and she's there as a constant protector as she's uh, highlighted there in the image of the miraculous medal and the second point then is about the importance of the miraculous medal um, and the way it was promoted by the legion of mary and how, how vital it is for the legionaries so this is coming from the legion handbook on page 343 the medal of the immaculate conception called the miraculous medal and this is so important to the legionaries that the use of the medal in the work was then recommended the invocation which appears on the medal commenced to be said at the first meeting and now as part of the catena is recited daily by every member the design of the medal is incorporated in the legion vexillum so we see how uh, the legion of uh, mary has uh, incorporated the miraculous medal and uh, it's part of the legion vexillum which is the same standard used around the world uh, when we set up the legion um, desk and then our lady statue there and beside that the legion vexillum so we see then how legion of mary promoted this miraculous medal and uh, this is yet another testimony for the the fruits of the miraculous medal that uh, legion uh, flourished around the world and uh, doing a lot of great work and charity work and uh, bringing in souls uh, in terms of evangelization as well and finally one other saint who made good use of this miraculous medal is our own pope saint john paul ii uh, who has adapted the the cross and the symbol m from the miraculous medal and he made a, sl- a small variation of that and uh, he adapted that in his papal coat of arms so if we look at the image of the papal coat of arms of pope saint john paul ii there is this cross and the symbol m and that's coming directly from the miraculous medal and we see then what it did to him and to the catholic church and to the whole world that he in a way he also followed the mission uh, that was given to saint catherine that our lady wanted this miraculous medal uh, to be promoted as well so that people will come to know about the two hearts and the great graces and mercy of god and the protection forever through the intercession of our blessed mother jp to live that through his papal coat of arms over to you eileen that's great joy yes thanks and i think uh, saint john paul ii he got to visit rudebach as well in 1980 so uh, it's lovely the connection with him and the coat of arms as well that's really interesting and 
of course his whole motto as well was told us to us uh told the yours are all yours uh dedicating his work uh, to our blessed mother and uh, through her to jesus as well and of course we we know the a massive amount of work and there's so many hearts that he touched as well throughout his lifetime so we do hope that you enjoyed this episode of my soul delights on the miraculous medal and as always we uh, wish you every blessing and we pray for our lady's intercession as well in each of our lives so we look forward to being back with you again soon and god bless you god bless you